37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Well, hey there, hi there, ho there, Disney fans. We welcome you to 37 Disney Street, the home of all things mouse. We're taking a break from the classics for today to discuss one of the hottest Disney topics of the year, live-action remakes. Should they, would they, could they? I'm your host for this evening, an adapted original, Miss Lucy Rain. I'm usually a host, but today I'm taking a back seat, Chris Fletcher. And I'm entirely CG. Hello, children. I'm Hugh Rain. So, uh, Lucy, what's all this about then? You've, you've brought us here. And yeah, not this told is like a, a special bonus episode. Yeah. yeah, this is my choice of topic because uh, it's kind of it's floated up a few times uh, while I've been discussing the Golden Age films, particularly Dumbo, in that they have a current trend for remaking these films, and the Disney community sometimes seems a bit tired of it. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, very excited when a new one is announced. Everyone is storming the cinemas to see it. But it is it is a new, as in the last five years, emerging genre is a live-action remake. And I thought we really ought to talk. Um, my watch doesn't understand. <laughs> was, was that Siri, like, trolling yeah, me? Siri's trolling you. <laughs> How dare you! I just thought it was, it was worth discussing as as a rather large umbrella to see what we thought about these remakes. Great. I've had a lot of caffeine, so um, <laughs> we've had two Diet Cokes, so I'm just trying to be quiet, but I'm overcompensating. Because if I'm not quiet, then I'm just going to talk and talk and talk and talk. But Hugh, before we started, we gave you a question to ask in a non-assuming way, so could you ask it, please? Yeah. So what films... <laughs> so... <laughs> So what? F- <laughs> so Lucy, what films are we talking about? I'm glad you asked that, Hugh. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. I'm glad you told me to ask you that. <laughs> I'm glad I reminded you to ask it. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, I think it's worth kind of sort of going back and seeing where this trend came from and and what Disney have done in the past to understand where we are and where we're going. Yeah, this Ooh. is this is hard because there have sort of been live action remakes. For a lot longer than for people... For a couple of decades. Yeah, a lot longer than people think. But it, it's accelerated. So, if I go back to the Dark Ages, our our teen years, 1994, there was a remake of The Jungle Book. What? I saw it at the cinema. What? I was the person who went to see it. The one My person. Yeah. It, I must admit, this is the only one on the list I've never seen. Uh-huh. Um, It's not going to make the final list, which we're going to talk about later, Ooh. because it was mainly a... Adaptation of the Rudyard Kipling novel, but that was the first evidence I could find of them remaking something they'd already made. In 1996, they remade 101 Dalmatians. This is the first time that they actually remake their own material. There are a lot of shots, a lot of characters, a lot of set pieces in that one that are taken directly from their own animated works. Yeah. So that was 1996. In 2000, there was 102 Dalmatians. This isn't a remake of anything. This is a sequel of a remake. Um, then, that was it for another 10 years. So we swoop forward to 2010 and Tim Burton... 2010. 
Good call. 2010. Tim Burton wheeled out the corpse to make... Alice hang on, hang on. I'm really sorry. I have an issue here. Because if there's one person I know who's been going on and on about, if anyone calls it 2020, I'm going to go ballistic. No, no, no. no. I, I don't like the idea of people saying 2020 vision in boring meetings when discussing the next financial year. But you endorsed 2010. Yeah. No, no. I've got a problem with people saying 2014, which takes ages. Why did you say 2014, like 1914 or 1814? You see? Okay. Okay. I, I'll allow it. I'm sorry. I take it back. I apologise for interrupting you, Lucy. Please carry on. That has always been his stance. I can, I can accept that. So, 2010. Tim Burton wheels out the corpse to make Alice in Deppland. And, um, yeah... You didn't last very long without without saying death in a derogatory way, did you? Well, you know, he has his moments, but this certainly wasn't one of them. Well, it was a very long moment, very long, boring moment. But again, that was more an adaptation of the Lewis Carroll novel. Mm -hmm. And in the same year, they re uh, did a live-action film of The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Once again, it wasn't a direct... Uh, remake of their own animation things it was just using the story taking an idea and moving somewhere what? else with it what's this Sorcerer's Apprentice Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage what doing what being Nicolas Cage <laughs> Nicolas Cage uh, from Yorkshire <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Nicholas Cage <laughs> he's got the weirdest deepest Nicholas nasal voice Nicholas Cage <laughs> Sorcerer's I get this is this a dream? <laughs> I always got it confused with Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief because I'm sure that was around the same sort of time. Yeah, they embellished it a lot. They they added some earnest teenagers. Nicholas Cage got lot. Nicholas Cage had got some long hair. Set in present time, I think yeah, as well. Yeah, I haven't the, seen it. I'm just I'm speculating. It sounds awful. It w yeah. That's it why I haven't was, seen it. It was. It's um, yeah. I've I've written down for later reference all the uh, rotten. Tomato scars and um, she got it right. I know she's, she's afraid of the bell, etc. <laughs> and uh, without giving anything away, this got forty percent of rotten on from critics. So it wasn't great. It it's wasn't. Is it so bad? It's good though. Uh, we'll have to find no. Out. So okay. we've made it all the way to twenty ten, um, and the only one that I will accept as a live action remake of an animated classic is one hundred and one Dalmatians. Okay, right. So this is. 2014 now, just five years ago, we get Maleficent. 2015, we get Cinderella. Mm. 2016, we get Jungle Book. There's a theme here. Yeah. yeah is the theme Lucy saying 2000, Dan, instead of 20? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. You know when we started doing this podcast, I don't think that Lucy thought we were going to be like this today. God, it's we're, like having two little Jack Russells sort of nipping your ankles when you're trying to mow the We've lawn. got the giggles now. There was a bit a, a bit ago when I put my, my can of Diet Coke down, and Chris and I do it very gently because we're experts, uh, but Lucy will sometimes just plonk it down. But I was putting it down so carefully that Chris started giggling and I started giggling. Our viewers are fascinated to know the, this background the on our is. podcasting. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. We're all naked. <laughs> I feel so much less pressure today doing this podcast because I'm not hosting it. it it's uh, Lucy's it's got her head in her hands. 
Right, sorry, come on, Lucy, please, carry on. 2014, Maleficent. 2015, Cinderella. 2016, Jungle Book. 2016, Tim Burton threw Depp through the looking glass again. Yeah. I wish he hadn't. 2017, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. 2019, Dumbo and Aladdin and The Lion King and Maleficent, Mistress of Evil what? and Lady and the Tramp. Another Maleficent film. Mm. Yeah. Maleficent. Lady and the Tramp's uh, so, streaming on, isn't it? Lady and the Tramp is, yeah. So then does it count? Because the That's... classics are all cinema releases, aren't they? Yeah, no. Oh, you... there's some grey areas here, isn't there? You're probably right. I just want to demonstrate, if we if we do include it, in 2019 there's been five. By the by December Whoa. 2019 there'll have been five. And but from 2014 to 2019 there's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in five years. When previous to that there'd been one. In mm-hmm. the history of the company. So to say it is a trend is pretty fair. Do you well, think, though, looking at that, that in 1994 they thought, we'll dip our toes and, it, and made an awful film and it didn't work. And then work. we'll wait for like... And then in 96 <laughs> they tried again and they didn't work. And then they waited and tried to do Alice in Wonderland and that was a terrible film, so they waited again. And then they just seem to have hit it right since. Or, well, that's up for debate, obviously, but... I think that's possible. <clears throat> I mean, we're plunging straight into the, you know... Yeah, Anna, sorry. Yeah. Should they do this discussion now? Um, I was under the impression that Disney would say, we want to do a Beauty and the Beast remake. Who wants to make it? Somebody come to us with scripts. But it doesn't actually work like that. Script, mm. script writers and directors pitch things to Disney. So I think it's gone the other way. I think that if maybe once Maleficent had been pitched and was successful... Maleficent. Maleficent. That's how he says it. <laughs> Maleficent. Then directors were thinking we're on to something yeah. here and, and as that ball began to roll more and more it's, it's really the people pitching they think I can have a slice of this pie and Disney's grabbing that pie and eating it with both hands mm. but I think the biggest problem I have it with here is it's it's not a gamble now that's sounds you know obvious from a money-making point of view you don't want to gamble but somehow you want people in the arts to really take a punt on something fresh and i don't think that the gambling by you know doing a live action version of aladdin but everything's safe in the cinema these days i mean look at everyone was talking about how revolutionary la la land was um because it was the first like proper musical in years and stuff but it wasn't at all it was was it, it was, was a poor man musical. singing in the rain yeah you know it, it, Everybody's baking, remaking things. Even the things that are brand new are remakes of something else. Really, they're not taking anything, doing anything original. It's just yeah. But you that. look at the way that Wrinkle in Time, um, a huge budget Disney movie mm. that was meant to appeal to certain demographics in America, just crashed. And the way that all these remakes have soared, they know that there's an audience for it. And I'll tell you why. All three of us have been opening weekend to all these. I haven't. Dumbo, Aladdin, you did both of them. Dumbo and Aladdin did, yeah. 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 <clears throat> you you will do Lion Beating King. Beating the Beast, week, second week, I think. Second week. Lion yeah. King, I definitely will, yeah. So, and because we're Disney fans, and because there's mm. a market for it, there's an audience out there. Now, there's do, nothing wrong with that, they're making money. I, I, I don't think I would go if we didn't have a child. That is a, that's a fair point. I'd wait until they came out on video. You do have a wife, though, so I think we would. Mm. I would always have gone and seen Dumbo. I don't, don't, there's a doubt in my mind I would always gone to see Dumbo and that's in spite of the fact that I was pretty convinced and we were when we talked about the Dumbo original Dumbo on, on the podcast we were pretty convinced it was going to be terrible um, and it was enjoyable it was I really it was, liked yeah. it mm. um, 
But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I possibly wouldn't be top of my list of things to go and see. But the point is there will always be that audience out there, be mm-hmm. it sort of people of our generation with nostalgia that we want to share with the children or just diehard Disney fans or... You know, everyone recognises the name. They see Dumbo, they know what it is. They see Aladdin, they know what it is. They see Wrinkle in Time, they don't necessarily know what it is. So if Disney's got, you know, an an 8 million... I don't know what the budget is on films these days, but if they've got this huge chunk of money to give to a budget for film, do you give it to a new, fresh director with a new, fresh idea? Or do you give it to a remake of The Little Mermaid? Well, to be honest, the number of films that Disney bring out year on year, um, that are making ridiculous amounts of money. I think they can afford to throw money at things like Wrinkle in Time and and, yeah. and have a have a gamble with it and see what sticks and what doesn't. They've got that opportunity, haven't they? And they are still doing that. Mm. But, <clears throat> I mean, my point is that for every... We'd, we've been given all the live-action slots, release slots, for the next five years, I think, or something ridiculous. Um, and I bet a lot of them are remakes. So they're not taking those slots that they've got, that they've reserved, and putting new stuff in. They're no. just churning out more remakes. Now then, we've all discussed these recent films, and we do like them. A, a lot of them, we've got positive yeah. things See, to say. See, that's at odds with, like, my opinion of them is, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? And then a lot of them I've enjoyed. Not all of them, though. No. <laughs> no. Oh, we will come to that. We will come to that when we talk about these films individually. But yeah, I mean, Disney have got the budget and the expertise to make good films. There's no doubt about that. But does that mean that they should, though? I, the, the thing for me is, so the, to me, this feels like it's all started with with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It feels like that's where this beast has come from because Marvel um, hit the ground running and... They started putting out schedules for years and years to come. And, and that, Star that Wars. became a big thing. DC decided that they would, or, or Warner Brothers decided they would copy that and pretty much cancelled or moved every single release that they had because they haven't managed to keep up with the schedule mm. and do things right because things are failing because they're going to be rebuilt and everything. But they're really onto something with Marvel and the way that they've done that. And, and I think. I and think, Star Wars. And, well, they announced that years but in again, advance. But again, Star Wars, Star Wars has. has fallen into that I think mm. I think they've seen this model work and they know people are excited about that and so they're jumping in to using that same model it's all one company effectively mm. now isn't it I know they're all different divisions and stuff but they've it is... had a lot of cancellations of uh, Star Wars haven't they yeah there was going to be because of Solo they weren't received as well there was well going to as... be another anthology film which mm. which possibly would have been Obi-Wan Obi- Obi-Wan but that got cancelled after Solo Mm. But Solo's apparently, because I haven't seen it yet, a great film. And, I, and I think like it. It was. Um, it's enjoyable. Released at the wrong time, wasn't it? All in all. Yeah. It had a lot of problems with personnel, didn't it? Writers and directors I, coming I think, and yeah, going. And... I don't think that helped, but I think it was more to do with uh, just when it was released. Mm. Should have left it till Christmas, man. Chop mm. the ball. I mean, the, the thing for me, sir, about the live action films is this year we've had. Two already. We've got yeah. another another one to come, plus a Maleficent mm. um, sequel. sequel. Is it too much? It's not for, for me. It's not so much about whether they should or shouldn't do it. They're they're putting out this year two of the, their biggest properties in in yeah. Aladdin and Lion King. Um, if they, if they even span those a year apart, would and that have been made I've more sense said, for them? As I just said, it's been one a year since twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 
they missed 18, I think they had 17, and then they've just gone hell for leather on 19. But I think you hit on a good thing when you compared it to Marvel and Star Wars in that they've become their own franchise. Yeah. And everyone almost knows what they're getting, even though all these films are different, they know what they're getting when they go to the cinema to see a live-action remake, just like they know what they're getting when they go to see a Marvel film, and all the Marvel films are different, but they are their own franchise now, which is a very strange concept for a studio. If you Mm. think of other studios, Universal, MGM, Miramax... They're not an entity within themselves. I know Disney has always been like this because it's had the animated classics. But, you know, to sort of take that to another level. Mm. When do you think it's a good idea to do a remake? And when do you think it's a bad idea to do a remake? I think some distance helps between... Like what's what's the what's the most recent, what, what's the shortest distance between the original and the remake? It'll be Aladdin, I think. Aladdin oh, or, no, Lion or, or King. Lion King. Or, yeah, yeah, Lion King. Lion yeah. King, yeah. Yeah, so like you know, we're talking like uh, what twenty years. Mm-hmm. But if I talk about some of the, is it long enough? The rumored ones, um, which I think we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast, in mm-hmm. that which ones we excited about. But they include things like Lilo and Stitch. Ah, oh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Which is. It? Post-millennium, I can't remember the year, I think it's like 2004 or something, 2003. Uh, but it, that seems very recent to me. See, my, my reaction to that was, oh, but actually, why not? Why not? Mm. Might be um, good. Oh, I, I know the answer to why not. Mm-hmm. Be- because they recently um, did a trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and, and that was hideous. And all I can see now when I think about the idea of Lilo and Stitch in live action is that. Mm. I mean, I know it's Disney, so it'll... It'll look great. Yeah. I know that, I but mean, that's it's still that, isn't it? I know people go on about the the shot for shot thing. Oh, but it's only going to be shot for shot. Now, with certain films that are really iconic, you want it almost to be shot for shot. I know we've all just seen Aladdin and things like him him putting both his hands on the um, lamp. Lamp. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, they saw the. I gesture. did wonder where that was going. Then. <laughs> Putting both his hands on the lamp, sort of that shot is almost identical to the one in the animated film, and and lying, lying back wonders. with his hands on the on the um, flying carpet, and after yeah, his, uh... things like that. So you want that because of the nostalgia. But if you've nothing new to bring to it, that's when I think, do you need do you need to make it? Now I really enjoyed Aladdin. I thought it was excellent, but I don't know if they brought anything new that yeah, really needed it's to like, be brought. What we're we supposed to do now? Choose between the original and this. It's just diluting mm. what they've already got. See, I, I felt like that with Aladdin. I, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Aladdin. I really didn't. I came out thinking, well, what's the point, firstly? I thought, what, what on earth is the point? And, and really, what what has it brought that's new? I went in there thinking, you cannot replace Robin Williams playing that part. You cannot do it. And do you know what? They did. And and I think they did it. I think they made it him they didn't yeah. try to do the same thing they let it be the yeah. Will Smith show it was a different thing and it worked really really well but the thing that looking, looking into it afterwards the thing that kind of made me like it even more was the amount of effort that they went into to update the music to update it lyrically so that they weren't using terms and phrases that were offensive anymore just just to bring it and freshen it up and do new things with it Menken was involved heavily in 
in the rework and in this new film, wrote a new song for it, which all right, it's a it's a poor man's um, let it go, but I mean, this is this is nice. They did a good job. They tweaked it, but I mean, my my point is, did it need to be made? Does has that added anything to your? love or knowledge of Aladdin as it brought it to a new audience they love to say it's brought it to a new audience but the truth is that when you're five everything is new you don't know if it was made in the 90s or the noughties or if it was made last week you don't know I tell you what it's done it's mm. it has made Princess Jasmine into a much more rounded character it has we're going to talk about these individual films yeah 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 okay. in a bit but yep. I mean generally did did these things need to be made? Now, there's another genre here where they actually take from a totally different angle, like Maleficent. And then, again, we're going to talk about these films individually later on. But I think that in that case, you're like, yeah, that deserved to be made. Yeah, that so was it's a an story worth twist, telling. It? It's like those Twisted Tale books. Yeah. I, I quite like, like the idea of those. But I, I also don't like the idea that the saying animation isn't good enough. Now, I don't want anybody to get on the high horse about it's all animated anyway because it's all CG. We understand that, but it's a different look. But this really iconic, two-dimensional, um, colourful style that they, they had in the Disney Renaissance, etc. they're basically saying that's not good enough. It, we're going to make it live action and, and that will be better because it'll have real people in it because I've never thought, oh, I, I love Little Mermaid, but I wish she was a real mermaid, not a drawing. I think yeah, like I've never watched yeah. Pinocchio and thought, I wish he was a real boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it they're almost insulting their own work when they say that it needs remaking. Because these are... Abs- Beauty and the Beast was an absolute perfect classic. And it, I don't think it needed remaking. I don't think the new generation needed... Uh, what was added, added, or what was taken away, taken away. I don't think they needed to see Emma Watson. I think that any child that could enjoy that film would enjoy the animated one just as much. Um, and you, you can love it or you can hate it, but I don't think there is. it serves a purpose. So here, here's my view on it. Mm. Um, I, do we need them? Do they need to make them? No, not at all. But what they're doing or what they're trying to do, in my view, is what they've always tried to do, which is they're trying to push the boundaries in the medium that, that they're providing I totally disagree but the big thing at the moment the thing that everybody wants to see is all about nostalgia it's it's all about the things that were around retro is such a big thing these days what does it even mean anymore then why modernise it why not you know why not push the the old merchandise more why why modernise Aladdin if if retro's in the 90s are in big style why make it for 2019 with, you know, commercial dance and, you know, a slightly hip hopified soundtrack. Because the kids today watch watch Marvel that's done 90% on the green screen and they expect to see things that are real and they don't expect to see that. It's not, it's not, it's not right for us. I, I, mm. I think that that's the point. It's not, it's not for us. I mean, it, the retro element of it is for us. It's, it's aimed at us to make us go, oh, I loved that film as a kid. What I don't think about maybe as much is that us, us, well, me in my forties, you guys in your late thirties. Um, sorry. Steady on. <laughs> well, at least I made you younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is that actually we still watch those films, we still love those films now. It, it, 
yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't think yeah. I don't think there is a need for these films to exist. In fact, I think um, Devon Malcolm in Jurassic Park probably summed it up best by saying <laughs> <laughs> that they were so transfixed on whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think whether or not they should. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, well, let's start at the beginning then. 101 Dalmatians. Haven't seen it. Next! (laughs) No, I have seen it, but um, I don't remember much about it. I just remember, there's something about seeing Jeff Daniels' face, bless him, and going, Right. (laughs) I'll tell you where I am on this. I think... Where this was in 1996, it was um, right when you were having Beethoven, Turner and Hooch, Babe, these live animal um, films were very in vogue. It was another trend that was going on. So this was a really natural thing to do. I think it's beautifully done. It's really endearing to watch. It's very true to the original. But in this case, I can say, yes, there was a reason to make that. Because seeing live animals, not CG animals, but performing animals, is a novelty in itself. So you can say it was worth remaking for that. You know, I'm I'm not hating on the animated um, genre now. I'm just saying it's worth remaking for that reason. It was written by the same person as uh, Home Alone. It's got that real kind of, you know, romp feel about it. You've got the two zany baddies setting traps. I think that that's a really fantastic use of a remake. It's not a musical either. It's not a musical. Which the bulk of them were, are. I think they've got a riff on the Cruella de Vil theme, but it's certainly not so. Yeah, that. But but yeah. he's a, but in in the film he's a he's a musician. He writes jingles or whatever, doesn't he? And that yeah. and that's where that comes from. It's it's him yeah. writing a song about her. That that's a, to me that's a different thing. But yeah. I, I like 101 Dalmatians. I do. I did really like it when I saw it for the first time. I think Glenn Close is, is a perfect fit for She's Cruella de Vil. brilliant yeah. in that. And this is another reason you want to see it in live action because her hair, her face, her, her, you know, her bile is just amazing. I do like the idea that she's just like... It's, it's a Glenn Close vehicle representing mm. an icon, and I like that. Mm. And the colour scheme just of her, the black and white and the red lipstick, is just so appealing. Now, I've just watched the trailer for this because uh, I'm not that familiar with it, but there is a shot of her driving along in profile, uh, which is taken from the, the animated mm. original. So there were shot oh, by there's shot. A, there's a lot there's of a similar lot. comparisons. There is. There's a lot of similar shots yeah. or same shots. My memory was it was it was very, very similar throughout. But you do have the novelty of, because there wasn't CG, there might have been on some of the tales and stuff like that but you do have the novelty of the, they've actually got those dogs to to yeah, do that yeah. and it it's that thing of you can see them sort of licking the peanut butter off the door handle and you know whatever God, but... I thought you were say else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this in this there's no there's no beast there's no uh, elephant with massive ears um there's there's no uh there's there's none of those kind of mm. like there's no little mice um, making a dress. There's not. There's none of that kind of stuff that that you get in the, the fairy story stuff. This isn't a fairy story. No. This is this is a straight story, effectively, yeah. with real people and real animals on From, London streets. Do you know what? Just to sound like a philistine, I don't think I've ever really watched it because it just looks boring. But that tells something. My mum absolutely loves it, but that probably does mean you'll find it boring. She likes know. a romp with dogs. She does. Oh well, no, that, <laughs> that came out wrong. 
I mean, the type of yeah. film. Also, the <laughs> fact that it was, it did stand on its own in 1996 as the only... Uh, live action remake it wasn't really part of a genre the genre didn't exist yeah but that's the thing I never yeah. thought of it as a live action remake no. I just thought of it as a new version the, of yeah and did, exactly did they just take, made a film did people take to the internet going well, I didn't ask for this yeah no exactly because it wasn't a, a thing at the time okay so we're going to we're skipping over the 102 Dalmatians Alice in Deplan Sauce's Apprentice to take us to 2014 Maleficent Maleficent that's mm. how he says it mm. Mm. Maleficent um, I watched the first time I watched that. I thought, "Who's this guy?" Because he he looks unfamiliar, but he, he has a very big role. And then I thought, "Hang on a minute, his accent. Is he that guy from District Nine? But he's South African in District Nine. He comes a sweetie man. He comes a sweetie man. Uh, in District I have 9. seen it, but I don't I don't it's, remember that. It's very good. Uh, but yeah, he plays the the king in that. Maleficent. Yeah, yeah, Maleficent. Yeah, yeah. I played a Scottish king with a, with a weird South African Scottish accent. Uh, he's one of those characters you know when you're willing someone to not do the wrong thing mm-hmm. to n- don't cut wings off don't do that that's so bad mm. and every time he does no matter how many times I watch it he still cuts her wings off yeah uh, yeah and there's a point where you think oh if he just stop now it'd be like, oh no he's chopped her wings off mm. why did you do that oh spoiler alert by the way for anyone well, not seen we might have to say luckily that. I watched it yesterday so I have seen it <laughs> we might have to say that near the start mind you if you, if you listen to a uh, remake uh, films podcast uh, yeah there's going to be spoilers you've had you've had your, your time um, I've got one giant um, problem with Maleficent one giant problem hit me um, I did enjoy it and I do enjoy it and there's bits I like but I don't like this angle where they say oh that other story you've heard isn't true that's like very specifically saying, ooh, do you know the original version of this film, the Sleeping Beauty one? Yeah, ignore that. This is the real one. And they've just kind of taken that classic and said, oh no, that didn't happen. No, well, no, it's hang on. Little bits. It's not, it's not quite as extreme I don't mind that, that because it's, it's almost like media bias kind of thing. Because the first one is very much the story from Flora Fauna and Merriweather. And they're... And then in this version, they're painted as being quite yeah, but ignorant. That, yeah, but that's the story. So they, they don't know what's going on. That's the story. They've just well, no. they've just come in and said, actually, no, we've changed our minds. This is what happened. No, because a lot of the action between Maleficent and Dorara sort of happens off screen in the original, the stuff that we see in Maleficent, because she goes out of the house for a walk and she meets the prince, doesn't she? But mm-hmm. the Flora Fauna and Merriweather are baking a cake in the house. They don't really know whether or not she met Maleficent or not. It mm. could, the two stories could go together. It wrangles. They could. No, I quite like that. And I know it I didn't think... wrangle with me at all. Um, no, it, it didn't with it me. Was, uh, it was like Wicked. It, it, it was yeah. like, it, it is, is very, wicked. very similar. It's, they've literally gone, hmm, Wicked's popular. Can we do something with that? Yeah. Mm. so my take on it was I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy it or not um, I watched the opening 10 minutes and uh, the fairies I hated because um, well firstly because one of them's Umbridge and I hate her anyway so Melda yeah. Stoughton can't do any right by me these days I, because because she is is Umbridge in the Harry Potter series um, but did you like her, her gypsy her mama rose um, no, I thought, oh, I really did not enjoy that at all. Right, okay. Different conversation, yes. carry on. <laughs> but, so so I didn't like the fairies though in general because to me they were like the elves in Fred Claus where they got people and then stuck their heads on top of them and it was just not nice. Elves. 
What did I say? Elves. Did I? I think you saw you used to I say... I write elves. I think you saw you used to say dwarves. <laughs> that you start saying du- elves. Elves. I write elves, uh. but apparently I say elves. Um, and that whole kind of fantastical land and, and the CGI was just a little bit overbearing for me. Yes. It was just, it was too much. And I just thought, this is schmaltzy, horrible, over the top, not going to enjoy it yeah. at all. But then when the story kicked in, and well, to be fair, when Angelina Jolie turned up, the, it, it completely changed for me. And, and I thought, mm. I thought she was absolutely superb. At first, when she was when she lays the curse on her, that evil smile is just captivating. Mm. It is amazing. And then to see her kind of heart and stuff, I like that. And I I get where you're coming from, Hugh. But at the same time, I think I, I yeah, quite well, like the fact that this stuff happened. She's that that she's there casting. in the wings watching them the whole time and seeing all this happen. I, lo- I like that. I do like that bit where she's shouting and, and doing the curse and then she gets really specific and she's like, blah, 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 for a thousand years or whatever. And, and, and then she just kind of go, no, what does she say? And nothing on this earth can break she's it. She's like, <clears throat> then she will prick her finger on a spindle wheel. And it's really specific. And then she goes, oh, actually, I've changed my mind. <laughs> A true love's kiss will wake her up, actually. I've gone back and changed my mind a bit, actually. When I think, <laughs> when I think about it. When I think about it. <laughs> I liked that the true love's kiss was hers, because I've said that for a long time. Why does a true love's kiss have to be some, like, a man and a woman thing? I like that. That's a, that's a very common Disney theme now, mm. isn't it? With Frozen Elsa did that. And Anna. Yeah, it's yeah. Like they, they've, they've kind of done that a few times now. Yeah. And they did it in Enchanted. I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss. But he wasn't the true love's kiss, was he? No. True no, he love's kiss. It was Patrick Dempsey from Can't Buy Me Love. But we knew that, though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. From Grey's Anatomy, please. Yeah. I quite fancy uh, one of the fairies, Juno Temple. Oh. Plays her. Mm. The younger one. Ah. Mm. She's the, 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 the attractive one. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think I said to you as well the other day, um, I was relieved when Aurora turned out to be Elle Fanning because I had this worrying thing that it was going to be a sister and I'm not a big fan of Dakota, I've got to say. I'm not a big fan of her at all, but I, I like Elle Well, I've heard she doesn't like you either, Chris. Well, then, I think she was are. a good Aurora. I think she was sort of beautiful and innocent enough. I've Yeah, I've got a, a very superficial, mean thing to say about this and there's uh, the bit where she's sleeping for a thousand years or whatever it is. Um, 20 minutes. The, the angle isn't very flattering. And when he comes in and he's like, she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I think, really? <laughs> Not from this angle, mate. Yeah. I also really like the idea. There's just an unflattering position of her head where her chin looks funny. And you just, you just think, as a director, maybe they should have... I know it's superficial, but when, <laughs> when someone's saying someone's the most beautiful creature they've ever seen, you know, they've got to, it's got to be a nice shot. Oh, yeah. Rather than, you know, an angle that's not showing the chin to the best, uh, you know, best of its qualities. Hmm. I also quite liked the idea that like in, in, in the story, people have been trying to get through all the, the thickets and everything they can't get through and, and they keep getting killed by it and stuff. And, and he manages to fight his way through. But in this, she basically just guides him through it all. There you go. Puts mm. him in the castle. Quite mm. like that. Yeah. Like I say, it's a different <clears throat> different take on it. It doesn't mean it's not the same story. It's just slightly different. I think this is worth remaking because of the change of angle. I would argue it's not a remake. I would argue that it's a different film. In fact, you could almost... I mean, if, if if Sleeping Beauty had been made as a film, then you would call this a sequel. Yeah. 
This is like Back to the Future no, 2, thing where is, they go back and do things in a different <laughs> angle. It, ta- it takes <clears throat> all the, the angles, the names, the circumstances from its own, from the Disney version, not from the Perot. Is it a Perot one or is it a Grimm one? The original fairy tale. I think it's Perot. But it doesn't take it directly from that, it takes it from its own uh, canon, as it were. So that's why I class it as a remake. But then if it has its own canon, then surely it's it's sat within that world which and it's a separate film to that. that. Okay. <clears throat> but I take your point. Yeah. I'm I'm happy for it to be here and to be discussed. I enjoyed it and uh, watch Bonnie really got into it and that has made me appreciate it more cuz I just I, I like things that my daughter likes yeah. to watch. Um but there is one bit right it is the final shot of the film which I enjoy so much. It kind of uh, you know, retrospectively makes me appreciate the whole film, which sounds silly. And it's just the bit where she just flies up into the clouds and it's the, the beautiful sun uh, sunset in the yeah. in the clouds and then the sort of the horns swell and then it kind of goes a bit evil. And then she swoops off. And it's just, just just such a beautiful shot hmm. that it makes me it makes me excited and I get a bit get a bit emotional. And Is there a little bit of JJ Abrams lens flare at that moment as well? There could be. Through her wings. There could be. She goes up. It's just a lovely shot. I mean mm. you just think that is how you end a film. And that's how you end a discussion because we're gonna go on now to Cinderella 2015. Hugh. Someone at work lent me this. Um, a girl called Hugh. I've not made that up. She's called Hugh. You've met her. I know, yeah. Um, mm. She lent it to me and I went, oh, thanks. And then she had a false memory of me asking for it. And then mm. I had to be rude and say, I don't, I don't want this. <laughs> but I took it, I took it home and, and watched it anyway. And she, she was insistent that I, I'd asked for it. And I said, I think I would have remembered asking to borrow this because I don't want to see it. And I watched it, and I just didn't. It just didn't. I didn't enjoy it at all. I mean, I I don't like period dramas, so I find it all a bit dull and boring. And I don't think you're its chief demographic. Exactly. If you don't mind me saying. Correct. Now so, I. Yeah, I don't really. I'm not really qualified to talk about it. No. Yeah. Ugh. I really do like it. I enjoy spending time in that world. That sort of. Um, Vic, you know, late Victorian period. It's all very pastoral. It's all very nice and countryfied. Oh, I, I touched his his wrist. Yeah. Oh, she touched my wrist. It's. I love the background that they bring. They bring plenty of background, but it doesn't feel unnecessary or shoehorned. It just gives all the characters a lot more heart and depth. Um, because this is another Disney film, wonderful film, and I really enjoy it. But it's very sparse. It's very this happens, this happens, then we all go home kind of film. Everyone knows a story. Everyone knows a story. And th- this, I, I watched it um, a couple of days ago, actually, because I knew we'd do this podcast. I thought, well, I haven't seen that one in a while. I'll watch it. And I was, uh, I, I welled up at twice in this film. It, it, it got me really emotional. Now, I have to say, from a girl's point of view, the dress, you know, the beautiful dress, the beautiful ball, you know, the whole cliche of the handsome prince kind of thing because he is gorgeous it really brings something to the table and if i want to go full bridget jones with uh you know a glass of chardonnay and a bucket of ice cream and cry my heart out for no other reason than i'm hormonal this is exactly the kind of film i will put on and enjoy chris what do you do when you want to go full bridget jones put on some big pants and uh, (laughs) slide down the fireman's pole in my living room (laughs) 
bit of a strange question, that one, are you? Yeah. I was expecting, what did you think of Cinderella? But, but no, no. <laughs> what did you think of Cinderella? Well, oh, that's a really good question, Lucy. Thanks for asking. Um, we're all right, yeah. Is that it? No, no, that's not it. <laughs> uh, that's fine if we, that's it. We It came on to Sky, whatever, when it came on to Sky the first time, and uh, we watched it on a Sunday afternoon, and I really, really enjoyed it. This is the first remake, as far as I'm concerned, on all that list, That that is the first one that I count, because I think this is this is a different period of time to the other yes. ones, and where, where they may have tried to do things in the past, this is where they've hit something and it's worked, which is what has made them and move forward. And it's become it. the fairy tale remake, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it, mm. it, it has um, Lily... James before she hit the big time, right around the time when she was probably doing Downton as well. And yeah, she just finished doing Downton. Yeah, I think. Um, and she's she's great. It's not the best thing she's ever done, but she's great. Um, yeah, I I really really enjoyed it, and it made me excited for for what might come next. To be honest with you, so mm. cool. Probably all I can say about it. I'll just I did get all the um, box office takings and the rotten rotten tomato stars. Stats. So just for those two we've talked about, um, Maleficent made 241 million, Cinderella made 201 million, so fairly similar at the box office. Mm -hmm. But Maleficent got 54% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and Cinderella got 84%. What are critics now, though? Well, I think that's where I'd be with those two. And both of them got in the 70s with the audience score. 70 for Maleficent, 78 for Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Maleficent. So the audience audience took it quite <laughs> similarly, but there was a big difference in critic score. Right, so that takes us on to The Jungle Book, the um, John Favreau live-action Jungle Book with Bill Murray. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. And, Who uh, does he play? Oh, King Louis. Scarlett Johansson. He plays King Louis. Ah, oh, that was awful. <laughs> Is that a Dutch accent you were doing? I don't know what that was. He plays King Louis. I'm tired. Come on, sing I Want to Be Like You in the style of Christopher Walken. You know, it's true. I want to be like you. <laughs> that was better. That was better. Better. Oh, my word. I would watch that film if it was you doing that. I, I liked the do. This is <laughs> This is where we start to stretch the term live action, though. Yes, um, and everything about this film is what worries me about The Lion King, if I'm absolutely honest. Yes, um, I'll take that. I, I enjoyed it, but it's just, it, it's CGI hell, as far as I'm concerned. It's just... <laughs> I wouldn't say hell. I know where you're going with it. I wouldn't say hell. Well, I, the saving have... saving grace is the, the little boy is brilliant. But Yeah, okay. But yeah. The, the animals, though, they just... Either have real animals or... As in things, even if it's CGI, that are real animals, just, but don't animate them in that kind of... It just doesn't it's, work. It doesn't work. I enjoyed the film. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but but it just, there's yeah. something about all that. Just, I realised this week what it is about these CG animals that just rubs me up the wrong way, and that is animals can't talk because their lips, jaws and tongues are not designed to talk in the way that we are. They can growl, they can bark, do whatever... So when you see a lion or a bear talking and you see their lips making ooh shapes and mm-hmm. ah shapes and you see the tongue coming out to make a T sound, that's why it looks so wrong. And it looks to- like when you see a baby talking on an advert. Oh, yeah. Or singing oh, in the car. That- they can never get that right. Their lips are always way too thin. <laughs> yeah. And it, if you're going to caricature an animal, that's absolutely fine. But if you're going to make it photorealistic 
and then have the mouths doing this totally unnatural thing, it's never going to feel right. But then how bad would it have been if they just CGI'd, like, Baloo, the cartoon character as we know him, as a CGI version of that? It would have been hideous, wouldn't it? Yes. So, but but that but that's what makes it so so weird is you've you've got you know I want to be like you and animals like dancing you. and moving around like that it just it feels wrong everything about it just feels wrong no I actually and I'm saying this because that really does give me goosebumps in a bad way when I see that going on with the mouths but I actually thought this was really quite creative I loved what they did with the music there mm-hmm. was some totally different action scenes that really gripped me and I expected to hate it and I only watched it because it was on the on in the background once it was on TV at Christmas or something the year after it come out that's when and, I saw it and I, I stopped and I watched it so I didn't choose to watch it but I stopped and I watched it and afterwards I went do you know what that was really good and then I streamed it and I've since really learnt to like it I didn't think I was going to say that I hated it as much as I just have done. That I don't know where any of that. <laughs> you came surprised from. yourself, didn't I you? Genuinely did. Do you remember how excited people got at the trailer, especially at the end when um, they're going down the river and Baloo's just kind of singing, just just discreetly, ben, mm. like bare necessities, and people, you know, got really excited about it. Mm. Yeah. Did they have a music with sinister undertones with him singing in a minor key with him singing major like they did for Aladdin and yeah, like they did for all other ones? I think it was a little bit like that. Yeah, they seem to like that. It, it's another thing though as an actor Bill Murray will tweak your nostalgia every time won't he so if you get people of our generation seeing the Jungle Book and hearing Bill Murray sing jazz style like that you think oh yeah that's giving me the warm and fuzzies I like the music I like Trust in me with Scarlett Johansson it's brilliant you know I would just listen to that Mm. just as a track it's mm. just mm-hmm. you know in my normal collection of iTunes because mm. uh, it's brilliant such a good version of that song so what I don't understand why is Louis so big <laughs> yeah was he like that in the book there, there must be a reason because he's I tried reading the book once it's hard work he's a giant yeah. He's, like a, he's, a, he's an, he's an actual, actual giant. I, I think he might be like that in the book, Hugh. I think he, he must might be, be. It might be described as like the size of a house. He or must something. be. There, there's no reason like I can think of other than it must be in the book. I don't. May, maybe listeners can. What's the book called? The Jungle Book. Yeah, can tell us. <laughs> maybe someone can write in and tell I'm, us, I'm email book. us, because we, we don't know. Let's ask Google. Okay, Google. Why was <laughs> Why was King Louis so big in the Jungle Book remake? Not an orangutan in the remake. A gigantopithecus probably wasn't extant at the time the Jungle Book was supposed to have taken place. Mowgli's father dates it to around the late 1800s. What? Um, Hang on a minute. Did that? Did that just tell me that a, 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 a gigantopithecus was a real was a real gigantopithecus? Don't touch my bell. Was a real thing that could have existed around that time. Possibly. Let's go hunting for some skulls. I, this um, bears further investigation. Well, well. So this bit here, although this is Wikipedia, so it could be completely utter nonsense because it's Wikipedia. Um, says that King Louis is a fictional character introduced in Walt Disney's 1967 animated musical film, The Jungle Book, oh. which implies that that King Louis didn't actually exist in Rudyard Kipling's original I'm tale. S- still confused. Right. Should we move on? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we could go around and around with this and. Um, 
I don't particularly want to move on because that brings us to Beauty and the Beast. Tale as old as time. I mean, this was, this was a, for me, can, a dark moment as a Disney fan. Can I make Very a suggestion? Dark. Because mm. I, th- I think I know which way this is going to go. <laughs> can we all say one thing that we like about this film? Oh, okay. And then we will uh, mm. we'll lay into it. Um, the end credits. Um, when all the people come to life and they take a bow because they're all dancing? No, when it's over. Oh, so when the credits are finished? Yeah. You literally can't say one thing about it that you like. <laughs> I want to say Gaston, but just because I've I've heard people say, "Oh, but Gaston was good," but I'm not that bothered about Gaston. It wasn't in this. that good. Um, Kevin Klein was it? Kevin Klein? Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't like his character. It, no, I I like the casting of Ewan McGregor. I am a Ewan McGregor fan. He's a a good musical performer. I think that's it. Emma Thompson's. Uh... Version of... She was fine. I don't think there's anything I like about it. I can't think of one thing. I, I have one thing. Mm-hmm. I really liked the uh, the doll that was released with Justin Bieber's head on it. Oh, man. <laughs> that weird, freckly, realistic doll. Oh, right. That mannish doll. No. I, I went to see it with, with Laura, and I remember coming out and thoroughly enjoying it, and it's only since talking to you guys about it that <laughs> I, I've started to... to get a uh, bee in my bonnet about it. There were things that came out and criticised heavily. Mm. Um, uh, Auto-tune being one of them. Oh. Um, and the, the Beast CGI in general being another huge one for me, which okay. I'm quite happy to go into. But it's We could do an entire podcast on how much I hate this. I don't think that's fair, though, because I know this film has got a lot of fans mm. out there. I have got some... Very close personal friends who actually like this film. I've had to reassess our relationship. <laughs> it's we've been through a difficult time, but we we we're still together. We're working through it. Um, I, I've just got so many problems. The oh, I will also say I'm probably going to repeat some opinions by Lindsay Ellis on YouTube, who is a brilliant YouTuber and does a lot of um, film theory essays and narrative essays, etc. Video essays. Check her out because she does it a lot better than I can do it now. But what they added didn't need adding. Agreed. All, all this nonsense about going to Paris and finding out about a mother. We don't need to know about the dead mother. Dead mothers are Disney staples. All you need to know is there is no mother. You know, we didn't need to go back to that. We didn't need all the little extra scenes that we had between Emma Thompson and Dan... What's his face? The Beast and... Um, the other Downton Abbey guy. Yeah, the other Downton Abbey guy. So nothing was brought to the table there. We didn't need to know how much the uh, objects wanted to be human again. We can presume that. And if they did want to do that, there was already a really good film. Uh, sorry, a really good song in the stage musical that they put in the re-release of the thing that they could have mm-hmm. used there, but they didn't. I didn't like the music that they added Actually, the music they added wasn't bad, but it didn't feel to fit in the yeah, film. I totally agree with that. that the tone was different. Yeah. I feel the same about the Aladdin one when we get to that, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, I didn't like the redesign of the objects. And when they marketed them and had them in shops and there were these fiddly little sort of gold teapot things, no child wants to play with that. They want that uh, round, that, chunky... That's my problem with it all in all, is mm. that those cartoon characters... In, in the original, they they were endearing, you know, they, they were cute, you know, Chip's cute. Chip in that film is like just horrible. And he looks mm. too delicate. He, 
which I think I did hear an interview where that's deliberate. They wanted to give them this fragility. I don't want them to have fragility. You know, we want to be able to pick them up and play with them kind of thing. They were over-designed. So you haven't got a, a Lumiere... Oh God, no! Just it. one more thing. I know you guys want to jump in there, but then the characters of Beauty and the Beast. The Beast in the animated one, pretty quickly, you see that softness behind the eyes, and it's just a little sort of raise of the eyebrow. But you realise he's vulnerable and insecure himself. He is a twerp in the live-action one. He doesn't soften at any point in the film. He doesn't soften, so you can't understand how she does fall in love with him. He's sarcastic and cutting and mean she isn't this wide open hopeful thing she is very guarded and sort of sarcastic they they have a few kind of she's going you read Shakespeare she's saying to him like that so that you feel no connection no warmth between them they're both unlikable they haven't chosen Broadway standard um, actors and actresses to do this they've had to auto-tune bog standard pretty poor actors someone take over that's my biggest problem right I, I put it on and I thought I'm not a fan of Beauty and the Beast I'm sorry to say but I thought I'm going to give this a go and the second she opened her mouth to sing because uh, I'm I, um, I think I'm more sensitive to autotune than some people are because some people don't even you know notice it but the minute that tinny robotic noise cut through and really tickles my ears I just went that's it. I've checked out of this film. Why on earth have they auto-tuned it to this amount? I don't bet she can hold a tune. But it's, it's so robotic and fake that you just think, well, that's that's bad casting. And then from then on, I just thought, well, forget it then. Why They've cast, cast the wrong person in the Why lead cast role. someone who can just hold a tune mm-hmm. for a multi-million pound movie? And I like bet, that. you know, if you took the auto-tune off, I bet it's okay. I bet she, I bet she can sing just fine. It's... Uh, the whole thing is offensive and I know there's people who disagree I know there is I know there's a big market for this out there but if we're talking about it within the discussion of today which is the live action trend that's when I checked out I'm afraid they sort of had me Cinderella and Jungle Book I enjoyed Maleficent was a totally different film and then around the time that they did Beauty and the Beast they also announced they were in development for a load of others, so you knew there was more of these coming. Mm. And when that was that bad, I was just like, I didn't want to see Dumbo, I didn't want to see Aladdin, well, I didn't want them to touch it, because they'd ruined Beauty. I, I kind of felt the same about that. I I was listening to a lot of um, Hollywood Babylon, Kevin Smith podcast, mm. and uh, in, in every episode of that, they announced th- new things that are coming out uh, in, the, in the near future and stuff, and basically films that no, no thanks we've already got one is, is what the features call so it's like <laughs> we, we don't need another one of those thank you very much so so uh, so he, he announced Dumbo and, and uh, Ralph, Ralph Garman who's, who's like his co-host he announced Dumbo and he's like why the hell would we want this and they're giving it to Tim Burton of all people mm. and Kevin Smith always yeah take my money take my money because um, he's like you know if they're going to make it fine I'll go see that mm. um, but I, I was totally on, on Ralph Garman's side with this I just thought you know what um my big bugbear with Beauty and the Beast actually was the CGI of, of the Beast. He looked fine, but uh, and I think I've said this to you guys before. He was dead behind the eyes. Yeah. So the bit where the the bits where they were walking in the snow and like um, falling in love apparently. I'm doing quotation uh, hands here. Um, no chemistry. There was no chemistry there at all because there couldn't be because it wasn't a real thing. And and that I found that a real struggle for mm. me. And that, yeah, but that that was the point where I was put off. It, and you know how we said earlier that Solo kind of 
killed a lot of the Star Wars mm. up and coming franchises. In my mind, Beauty and the Beast did the same for live action remakes because I saw it and thought, you, you can't carry this off. Now, obviously, that didn't happen. It made a shed load of money. Let me have a look. 504 million. So double what Maleficent made. More than double what Cin- Cinderella made. The Jungle Book made 364, but still sort of 136 million dollars more than the jungle book so even though i thought it was awful and it should kill the whole franchise <laughs> but people went Disney, to see it because it was beauty in the beast exactly mm. and all over the world as well yeah yeah you know this is worldwide figures the costume design and the set design on this was so extravagant that i just mm. find it paradoxically dull yes <laughs> there's so much to look at that i don't want to look at any of it yeah less is more sometimes people yeah I preferred the TV series Beauty and the Beast where yes. the Beast lived in the subways and he's and he looked, a bit, helping, he looked a bit like a cat. Sarah Connor. Was it Sarah Connor? Was it her? I think it might have been. Um, no, fight crime. Yeah, he looks, he looks like a big cat, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he looked like a cat. So, it's taken me two years to get over that, guys. <laughs> but then 2019 came along. They released Dumbo. The heavily marketed Dumbo. Actually, not as heavily as the marketed Aladdin. But Dumbo came out and we all went to see it. And we all liked it. I loved it. I didn't like it. I loved it. Yeah. And I went in thinking, this. I bet this is going to be rubbish. And I enjoyed it so much more because I'd expected it to be rubbish. Exactly. I still had the hangover from Beauty and the Beast. I had no faith in their ability to bring, you know, this story to the cinema and they did and I liked it I won't say I loved it but I liked it it wasn't too Tim Burton reigned in his excesses a bit Johnny Depp wasn't in it good yeah um there was they brought something to the story do you like Johnny Depp Chris because we're always slagging him off um do I like Johnny Depp I like him in some stuff yeah I like him in some stuff I like but can I name something I like him in Chocolat there you go (laughs) no I I don't have a problem with Johnny Depp in the past. I have a problem with him now that he is... Yeah, we need to address this, don't we? Because I keep bringing it up. <laughs> he is a character actor. So whenever they have a quirky role like Voldemort or the Mad Hatter or whatever, they go, ooh, we need a character actor. Let's get Johnny Depp. And he's getting... With every role, he gets more and more lacklustre and puts less effort into Helena Bonham Carter's done the same thing. And and that's such a shame, because she's such a good actress. She's been Mm -hmm. in so many good things, and and yet they've just ended up in this... And it's entirely a making of Tim Burton's. Oh, it is. They've just ended up in these these situations, haven't they? Put loads of makeup on them, give them a wig, change the physiology slightly, and ask them to do a silly voice, and it's just... It's not coming over anymore. His diction is on the slide. Oh... (laughs) Yeah, his drinking's on the up, his diction's on the slide. Well, so anyway, Dumbo. Dumbo, yeah. Can, can I just say, what what I love about this film are several things. I like that it's an original story. I like that, that the idea of that original story takes us to somewhere that's that's Disneyland-esque mm, and, and yeah. grand. Critiquing themselves. Yes, and, and yet very self, yes, self-deprecating almost in some respects. Um, I love the nods to the original film. Um, and the arrowy nods. Yeah, I, mm. I, I liked right at the start that the storks fly over, um, the, but, but the pink elephants is just fantastic. And I know you missed it, didn't you, Lucy? I went to the toilet. I'm waiting for you. She went to the toilet with Bonnie and I was... 
we discussed this on the Dumbo one, but yeah, and I just thought, what a shame they're missing mm, this bit. Because yeah. I love it. So we're going to have to get, get it on video and watch it again. That is exactly what I want a remake to be, in that they've, they've shown, they've paid homage to the original animation. They've sort of, they've shown it respect and they've taken its legacy and then they've made their own film. So what they've done is they've taken the stalks and the pink elephants and some of the melodies and, and the red and yellow rough and things like that. And they've treated it with affection. The baby mind is beautiful as well. Yeah, but they haven't copied it. No. It was... Because mm. because they've got through the, the core of that film, of the original film, in the first 25 minutes or so. Yeah. You know, they don't waste any time. I mean, the, film, the, the original film doesn't either, but they don't waste any time getting to the point where we've got a... Uh, an elephant that can fly. Just to your point, Lucy, about Tim Burton, um, I don't think that it's not to Tim Burton. I th- if you think of Tim Burton as being as being Sweeney Todd and, and uh, Alice, in Alice in Wonderland and that stuff, then yes. If you think of it as being Edward Scissorhands um, or uh, Beetlejuice or that kind of big, era, this big is fish. Big fish. It's more. It's more like yes. this is classic Tim Burton to me. That's what it is. It, it's. It's giving, you know, a freak overcoming adversity, which is what he used to do as a classic, as a really, really good thing. He's, he's taking that and he's rolled with it. And, mm. and for me, I was worried about it, as anybody else would have been. The idea of, of the person behind Alice in Wonderland um, doing this film was not a nice prospect. But in actual fact, he was a, a fantastic fit for it, in my view. Um, so then that brings us to our most recent offering mm. and that was the Aladdin do you like the Back to the Future nods in Aladdin Back to the Future 2 more specifically well I didn't get that until you mentioned it a bit ago it, what are the Back to the Future nods so on, on the balcony scene when he goes to when he goes to talk to her right before they fly oh. and stuff so first off he wears a red um, life preserver it does have a hood in it but a red jacket that's like the life preserver that Marty wears yeah and when he stood there mm-hmm. She says, no, jump, don't, don't jump off. And he just, he takes a step back and he walks off. And it's not just that, because I think he kind of does that in the film, in the original cartoon as well. But in in this, it's not just that he steps off like that. It's the way in which he does it. It's the shot as well. Everything about that shot is identical to the bit when he's on top of Biff Tannen's thing. <laughs> yeah, in the future. And, and, he walks, and he walks off onto DeLorean. It's identical. And he appears in exactly the same way, um, just comes straight up. Yeah. Definite nod to Back to the Future 2 there. Yeah, I missed, that, I missed that. Yeah, now that you mention it. We did talk about this film a little bit earlier when we were talking about the um, introduction, but I enjoyed it. I am glad I went to see it. In the future, when there's a choice of putting the original on or that on, if I own both DVDs or they're both on streaming, I will just watch the original. Now, I, I'm i not sure. I think I would watch them, um, uh, both of them equally, probably. Uh I mean, all right, Hugh, I want to ask you something, actually, about this, because I know how you feel. I'm excited. Yeah. I know how you feel about the Trade Federation and, uh, you know, discussions of, of yeah. that nature from, from the Star Wars films. Um, how do you feel about uh, negotiations of different um, empires and stuff? I, I felt that the political element there was really put in for the kids, um, <laughs> and that, that they were going to thoroughly enjoy that element of it. Yeah. Uh, hey, there wasn't too much of it, so it's fine. And it just... I think the minute you make something live action, you have to... You have to put some of those things in. Make it a bit real. Just, yeah, than... make it... Yeah. The problem is <laughs> with the prequels, Star Wars prequels, is there was way too much of that. <laughs> Three films of it. 
I, I loved Aladdin. I, again, I loved it. There's a bit where there's a vote of no confidence in a Star Wars film. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Chancellor you know, When they were doing that for uh, Theresa May last, last month, I knew what they meant because I'd seen it on Star Wars. Hey, you see, George you Lucas go. taught you something. He did. You shouldn't have to learn that from Star Wars. <laughs> I want to go on an adventure. I don't want to learn about political systems. Okay. I'm not about star systems. <laughs> I liked what they did with Jasmine. I liked that they made her proactive. But she wasn't a shrinking wallflower in the original. You know, it's not like mm. they've they've sort of beefed up someone like Snow White. She was moody, though. She was she was moody. They made her a little bit more powerful to, to compensate, really, for this fact that she couldn't choose her own husband in the era that they were making the film. But I don't think they needed to. I don't think the original was lacking in that way. I didn't like the pace of the music they okay so one jump is a chase scene it's a chase song it feels like a chase song and it's got this music going underneath in the original and you can feel the speed of him running through the city now in this version they've taken that they've just slowed it down a couple of beats per minute and they've given it a much more relaxed feeling, slight, and it's got a bit of a heavier beat to make mm-hmm. it slightly hip hop, and so it fails in its task. And he wasn't running through the city; he, he was, was jogging. He was jo- jogging. It didn't, it didn't break a sweat. It didn't look panicked at all. But maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe they were saying it's so easy for him to evade the police. It looks like but- he was doing a Disneyland Paris five k. It is. There's a bit where he pops into the subway as well, and, he, and there's like a bit of a and, key he, gets there. A, and he gets a meatball <laughs> marinara. Yeah, yeah. So even though I and I could list things like this that just didn't sit well with me, so I do not want to criticise this film too heavily because I enjoyed my cinema experience. I think it was designed beautifully. I think the performances were all very good. Um, I didn't like Jafar. Oh, I did. I, no, I, I didn't think he was powerful enough. And when he was shouting about being a sorcerer and stuff, he was just, he seems a bit ineffectual. I thought it was quite a wet. manipulative mm-hmm. mess through it. But yeah, the, the sorcerer bit, yeah, I get that. But it, it was it was nice. It was enjoyable film. I really it's, enjoyed it. It's left very little impact on me. And I've got a big problem with a lot of, just a lot of the details. I thought um, it was a great decision to get Guy Ritchie directing it yes. and, and the the trademark Richie stuff that's in there the the um, Abu reaching for the lamp in the air that, that some of those shots are just they're, they're classic and they're gonna they'll last forever the things that you'll always remember um, I get what you're saying about the music I didn't think it was a problem particularly I just found it a different take um, but yeah I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I smiled all the way through it literally smiled the whole way through it whereas Dumbo I cried the whole way through it yeah what what did you think of the um, speechless song while we're on with the music? Well, it's, it's what you said earlier, isn't it? And that's what we said before. It was such an obvious. Um, oh, great guys! We need a uh, "Let It Go" song in this film. Mm. Which let's just remember harks back to Wicked as well, because yes. it's defying gravity, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just you know, you can you can almost hear the executive going, "Hmm, can we get like a let it let it go" song in here yeah. somewhere? Cynical. I, I don't like when, when they try and empower characters by giving them a great big, well, this is me ballad, basically, to quote, you know, Greatest Showman. It's that big sort of screaming, screaming ballad thing of listen to me. And it, they do it all the time. And 
in musicals and I appreciate why but I'm getting sick of it and it just makes me think weak character it doesn't make me think strong powerful character because a strong powerful character wouldn't need that I like the bit where she was singing it and she pushed the double doors open and walked forwards and then walked backwards um, <laughs> just like Elsa does in, oh, yeah. in Frozen um, that to me I didn't mind the song I thought it was quite a good song um, if we'd never heard let it go before if we'd never heard Defying Gravity before but yeah you're right it was put in there for one reason and one reason alone and it was alright it didn't fit tonally I don't think with the rest of the music um, I know you said Alan Menken was involved but well, he wrote he wrote it well yeah but he wrote it 30 years later yeah yeah it, yeah it just didn't seem to sit yeah I don't, I don't know 25 I, years later I didn't feel it didn't fit Um, I just felt it was unnecessary but at the same time, um, Jasmine's much more of a character in this than she was in, yeah. in the original one. And so that's probably why they felt there was a need to do it. You've got a leading man and a leading lady and in the musical. And she was excellent. Number, don't you? She was absolutely excellent playing that part. She was fantastic, yeah. I, I don't want to be too harsh, Nick, because I don't dislike the film. I just... It's a great film. And if you don't like Will Smith, you're dead inside. Aren't you? Do you know what? Good point. With that, I have got some scars here. Ooh. We all rated our fil- these films in order from one to seven mm. and then gave them marks from seven to one from best to worst so that we could collate a sort of table of which ones we liked the most. So as a group, we have put in last place Beauty and the Beast. Thank you, team. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. As we were talking about it, I realised how much I disliked it. Yeah. Remembered. I gave it one point for last place. You two both gave it three points for second to last. But yeah. Uh, joint penultimate place is 101 Dalmatians and Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh, you put 101 Dalmatians last. I put it third. But you've never seen it. Well, so. I've, I've sort of seen it. but And Chris, you put it second to last. Yeah. Um, then Maleficent gets 13 Maleficent. points. Maleficent. Maleficent. We've all put that roughly in the middle. Cinderella gets 14 points, but I want to point out I put this top and you guys really disagreed with me. It's because you're wrong. Which is why that's gone down. (laughs) So 14 points. That brings us to Aladdin with 15 points. Hugh put that top of the list. Chris put that second. I put it second to last. But to be fair, other than Hating Beauty and the Beast, the rest of them I all quite liked. And that means in the top spot is Dumbo. With the top spot from Chris and Hugh and I both put that in second place. I think that's pretty fair. If I could have given Beauty and the Beast minus seven, I really would have done though. You don't I need don't, to though, it's in, it's in last place. That's I don't not, think that's not it's fair to, it. to give it one mark less than Aladdin when I really liked Aladdin. We'll tweet this list. People uh, like it when you rank something. Yeah, because then they get all wound up and they say, "I can't believe you've put that at number three. Now, just out of interest, Lucy, if you included Alice in Wonderland in the list, <gasps> where would you have put Beauty and the Beast? Oh, I might. Beauty and the Beast would still have been bottom because it are. offends me. Goodness Alice in Wonderland, me. I just straight up don't like it. Good. Right. So what now then? Yeah. Now we have we have gone on for quite a while, so we we're going to do this reasonably quick. <laughs> I'm going to tell you everything that is uh, 
officially announced for release and has got a date and is in post-production and all the things that are um, in development but as yet undated. Mm-hmm. Okay? And just tell me what you think. Lion King, coming out soon. Excited? No. Okay. No jungle I'll watch book. it. But, you know. uh, no, feel the same. Just meh. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. I didn't know it. there was one until tonight. Why is it called Mistress of Evil? That implies she's going to be bad when we've just spent a whole film making us realise that she's good. I'm not sure about this. I'm not I happy. I don't know. I am very unhappy about this. I don't, thought don't that doing Maleficent was a really novel idea and what happened is it made a lot of money so they decided it needed a sequel. But in doing that, they're diluting the original idea. Uh, Lady and the Tramp is going to Disney Plus when Disney Plus is released. I am not clear if that's like a TV film or yeah, TV a series. Film. It's a TV, TV film. Believe, TV yeah. film. Um, yeah, all right. I'd be interested to see what they do with a lot of the different um, uh, stereotyping that's uh, prevalent Ooh, in yeah. that film. Scotty uh, and but, so on. But to be honest, it's just dogs, isn't it? So, yeah, okay. But we've had lots of Homeward Bound type things and, and what what they call them, what those pups films? They're Disney films, aren't they? Oh, there's, there's Snow Buddies ones. Buddies, yeah, yeah. yeah. The buddy films. Thing is, if they're going to... I've only seen a still from this, so I can't tell you, but I suspect this is all CG, in which case I hate it. I might like that. I mean, if the, the, there'll if be a gonna, reason why it's not going to be have a cinematic release, I imagine. So, If they're going to train actual dogs like they did in 101 Dalmatian, I will be all over this, mm-hmm. but I don't think they are. 2020, Mulan. I've never seen the um, original, so I can't really judge it. Um, I don't mind. I've only just seen it recently at the cinema. Uh, it's on a, great on a Saturday morning and I really enjoy it it's really mm-hmm. good um, I think that they're removing all the music and they're just doing it as um, the, a, a live action film of the story I think they're trying will Donny Osmond be reprising his role <laughs> <laughs> oh he's classic I think they're trying to appeal to the Chinese market they keep trying huge. to do that and uh, you know good luck mm. to them they just keep but trying to crack that market. It's a really thrilling story, and they they could make this as a twelve or a fifteen. I don't think they will because it's a Disney remake, but mm-hmm. it's it could have a really adult take in it, which I would like. Okay. Twenty twenty, Cruella. Don't care. Uh, is it going to be a prequel? Yes. Oh, is it going to show? I, as soon as you said that, I thought they're going to make a younger, and it's going to be a prequel. Emma Stone. Oh no! Whatever. No. No. Whatever, whatever. Are they going to show that she's good, really, and like she she just she what she needed all those Dalmatians to to save somebody from it's, starvation or something? It's yeah. her life in the fashion industry, apparently. I I'm Devil Wears Prada. Devil, yeah. Devil Wears Hundred and One Dalmatians. It sounds like no, Devil Wears Prada. no, just no. Right. Well, that one has got a release date. That's happening. We can't argue against it. Look, just make sure that that release date's in my diary, so I know when not to go to the cinema. Right, now we're on to the um, undated ones. So these are in uh, pre-production or development, so they might not happen. Any of these... Cause so, of the, so what we say but, now could have a bearing on these on. films. Okay. Yeah, it's just, just, it's just, just all the other ones that we haven't talked about. Well, basically, they've just gone through the whole <laughs> so list and said, else. what can yeah. we feasibly make? And, I, you know, Righto. Black Cauldron's not on the list, that's all I can tell you. But you've got Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. I am all over this. I think no, like, I tweeted out that I would love Baz Luhrmann to make this. The music's amazing. <laughs> and the animation, I love the film because the music's amazing, but the animation isn't that good. So it could stand a live action remake and be okay. an improvement. I just remember not enjoying it at all. But but you told me the other day that the music's good, so I'm willing to accept that it might it's be. so we'll brown, that film. Maybe. What next? We, just the animation's poor. Maybe they could make it good. Jungle Book 2 oh, by God, John no. Favreau. 
Whatever. Like I just said, no, no need. I mean, you remake a classic and then you give the remake a sequel or whatever. It's just no, no. Nope. Uh, there's no point. Lilo and Stitch. If we must. <laughs> no, because even the humans in that were really caricature stylized. Yeah. And if you do a live action thing, you can't get that stylization. And I thought the story was weak. If they make it over Oliver and Company, then I'm all for it. <laughs> oh. Night on Bald Mountain. From Fantasia. I don't think that counts. I'd like to see that. I would like to see it. I don't think it counts. That Halloween release, I'm not please. sure it counts. They would have to They would have, have to, to be all of Fantasia. It would have to be all of Fantasia as live action. A Halloween release, it. please, To Disney. make a, a two-hour a two yeah, film. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. A two-hour film out of an eight-minute segment. There's going to be so much rewriting, it's not going to be a oh, remake. But, but the Sorcerer's Apprentice was really good, though, apparently. <laughs> um, right. The Little Mermaid. Right. This is what I want to see, right? And this could stand a modern update retelling. There's no reason for it to be set when it's set at all. And mm. I like the idea that the prince is like some... It could be some cocky young prince on a yacht. I mean, it, it's a story. It's a book. And it's it's a film of a book. So yeah. in that sense, yeah. the period's kind of important. But, but I, yeah. I, I just think this could be retold today. Uh, and I think it would have you know really good appeal... For the kids. Live action, though. Yeah, why not? Well, it does have a director attached, and it is Rob Marshall who made um, Mary Poppins Returns, right. amongst other things. So it does sound like it's going to be a, a flat-out musical. Yeah. Also, you're talking about Splash, aren't you? I am talking about Splash. <laughs> yeah. He also made Chicago, Into the Woods, Nine, so he is a musical theatre director, mm-hmm. um, which I'm happy about. Because if you're going to yeah. do it, you've got to do it. You can't. Well, it's one know. of musical wise. It's one of the best ones in my in my view. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm not against the idea. Although, I when mean, we were talking about Little Mermaid before, um, do we need it? Probably not. And and will it be a bit freaky? Quite possibly. I'm just, yeah, that, that's the thing for me. If they're it's going to, to be done... if they're going to flat out musical it, which I really like all those films I've just listed of Rob Marshall's, then I would think yeah, go on do it. But I would hate it to be underdone. And how are they going to do the underwater talking type stuff in a realistic way? That's yeah, but have you seen the CG in um, Pirates of the Caribbean? They can do it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, Peter Pan again. Oh yeah, that's that, that's one that would actually work really well. Um, yeah, but the musical version, like the the, the a remake of that rather than a, a reimagining. Well, exactly. They they've done. I mean, not just Disney. Every studio has done some version of Peter Pan, be it Hook or you know whatever. Um, but I think that this Bangarang. would be a remake of the Disney version of this, with all the 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 design of Neverland and the the songs and Nana etc. So I mean, there is there is a bit yeah. of a question around is is. Is it an a is it a tale for now? Is all the 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 way the kids behave is the Indians and everything as well? Is it some is it is it good? Is it relevant in today's society? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm really ambivalent. Have it. We've seen so many versions of Peter Pan. It'll be another one, and I'm like, yeah, go on. Mm. I might not rush to the cinema for that one though. Pinocchio. I want to see that. Yeah, I'm happy with that, and I want them to set it. When it was set, it would need a serious rewrite, Pinocchio. In my opinion, I don't, I don't think the story as it is in the Disney version would stand up to a 
But it is the 2020. story. Pretty much is the story. Okay, Snow White. Oh, don't touch her. You must be grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> don't it, touch that sweet, sweet I'm, I'm, not sh- <sighs> I'm hoping, with this being on the list, that it's actually going to be the story of the Wicked Queen, the stepmother. Mm. Yeah. The, and do that. That's played out, yo. Do you think? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I can't oh, see they could take any... place at the same time and she could be there in the background but watching them the whole time. I can't see any benefits of doing Do... Snow White. Yeah, just don't touch it. I mean, because as much as we love it, it's a boring story and it's been done perfectly, so I just can't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sword in the Stone. Oh, now, yeah. this one has got... Uh, I read that it's got the Game of Thrones team attached. I don't know if that's... Jeez. Ben, Benny Men and Hoffman. <laughs> that's going to be for kids, isn't it? Benny off and wise. Benny off and wise. Um, so yeah, Sword of the Stone with them. Yes, I would have that. Never any seen day it. Of the week. Never seen it. I I don't know how much this would relate to the. I don't know if this would just be a King Arthur tale or if but it, it would well, it be. But it is just King Arthur tale. Yeah. Uh, I, it's it's one of the better ones though. But would they it, need to leave it well because there's a new one out this year, isn't there? But would Big it have Mad Madam Mim and all that Disney stuff in it? Why or, not? Yeah. Why not? Okay, and then the last one on the list. With uh, Reese Witherspoon attached is Tink. It's not a remake. I suppose it kind of is because there have been Tink it, films. It's as but... much of a remake as Maleficent is. Yeah. Um, with who? Reese Witherspoon? Yeah. It's not Julia Roberts, is it? Oh, yeah. She did that. It, that's fine. Again, that's fine. Mm. Yeah. All these are just fine. But... As, as long as it's like, as long as it's not like those fairies in, in Maleficent because... Thank you. Because I, I, I just not that, not that. Mm. I, I think Tink's her own thing already. I don't think we need no that doing. And so they, no, they, and they've made it really so tame and dull now, haven't they? So are they mm. going to they they keep that up, or is she going to have some attitude again like she used to? Mm. So, guys, have you got any remakes you would like to see made? Any inspiration Meet- for all the Disney board members listening? Meet the Robinsons. Uh, <laughs> I like me the Robinson. <laughs> no. Hercules would be good. Epic. Some giants. Another musical. Some giants. Yeah. Hercules. As long as it's not like the Danny DeVito could reprise be his role. In it. Yeah, yeah. I I would I I would like to see um uh on the back of where what we went to see a couple of weeks ago, I would quite like to see Return of Jafar. Um and, <laughs> oh, no. and uh, yeah, and I I think I think they're good sequels. I mean, yeah. they're not brilliant, and obviously that one didn't have. Well, one of them didn't have Robin Williams in it, and the later ones did. But it's a real opportunity to, to take those because I think they were good stories. I think they were all right. Um, but the other thing for me is, I I really like to see them have a look at these twisted tales that have been written, and maybe look at a couple of those and see what they could do with them. But that could be a TV series potentially. Yeah, that the twisted tales is. I've read the one about the Wicked Queen, and I did really enjoy it. So that's why I would like to see that done instead yeah. of Snow White. They've misquoted the uh, mirror quote on the blurb of the book. On that, oh, which not, I find not you and that mirror quote I, I again. Find surprising, yeah. So they get one of these. I'd also be interested in a Lady Tremaine movie. Again, I, I really enjoy the idea of taking twists, twists on things you already know rather than just remaking them. As just, long as not every single one of them is just Maleficent again. Yeah, how many times it's got to be? Is it going to be wicked? But for the oh, whoever the, the, bad fe- guy's the, got the female the in that, yeah, mm. and and also there's um, there's been a lot of this happening for quite a long time now with multiple series of Once Upon a Time where they've pretty much introduced everybody you can possibly think of from any fairy tale ever, including 
Anna and Elsa. This is the ABC yeah. TV series. Which, yeah. I didn't understand that at first, but then I found out ABC's owned by Disney, and that makes sense now. There's Descendants yeah. as well. Yeah, Descendants, yeah, yeah. That do a lot of this twist on a personality kind of thing. Do you know what? I mean, ultimately, and I guess this sums it all up for me, they keep making stuff, I'll keep throwing my money at it. Yep. Um, and if I don't <laughs> like things, I'll say so, and if I do like things, I'll say so as well. I, um, yeah. There's nothing specific I'd like to see. Surprise me. Surprise me. Yeah, I'm not excited about Lion King, but we will go, we will see it, and when the box office figures come out, there will be our money up there in the figures. What can I say? I do think someone put on Twitter about Black Cauldron, that could be a, a, a good one to make. I could see that working better as a live action than as a cartoon. I think maybe bad cartoons would be more fun to make good live actions out of mm-hmm. than good ones. Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of our discussion now. Have you got anything to add, Huey? No. Chris? same I'm still alive and I'm still in action I've been Lucy Rain thank you and good night I'm barely alive uh, and I'm Chris Fletcher and I'm off to Ooby doo I wanna go to the loo <laughs> good night children I'm Hugh Rain <laughs> <laughs>